rage. Lock yourself in. Two ideas have come together in my mind during the long, long nights here in the cage. One idea is the importance of numbers, the centrality of maths, the role of science. That idea underpins the age in which we live. The other idea is the recognition that we don't know what others think. That idea is part empathy, part psychology, part communication science. It's the heebie-jeebie mumbo-jumbo that makes advertising or politics part art and makes all art part miracle. Let's start with numbers. Very important here in the cage, it keeps us sane. Some others down here, no man is an island, completely, count sheep. I calculate prime numbers. It's surprisingly easy. You can eliminate all numbers ending in five or zero. They are divisible by five. The even numbers are all divisible by two. So skip along the numbers that end with one, three, seven or nine. Add up the digits, because that'll tell you if they're divisible by three. 29, for example, two plus nine is 11. One plus one is two. It's not divisible by three. 29's a prime number. It's not divisible by seven. It's not divisible by nine. It's not divisible by 11. And then when you get to 17, you're halfway to your prime number and you know it's prime. Whatever blows your hair back, as we used to say in the Coke days, or gets you off, or more accurately in here, what gets you off to sleep in the endless, spooky, dripping echo chamber of the long, long night. So, numbers work. You can play games with them. You can connect the behaviour of triangles to the circular rotation of straight lines. You can connect both of those economic, um, not economic, both of those geometric patterns to the behaviour of exponential growth which is something that everyone suddenly understands, thanks to COVID. Numbers are important to everyday life. Now, some of you share the endless, spooky, dripping echo chamber of the long, long night, but you do not like numbers. You float off on clouds of ecstasy, visualise great dramatic works of art, epic poems, or like Peter Kundal, who used to pretend to eat compost on Gardening Australia when I was a boy, great music. He was a prisoner of war for four years, six months of those in solitary confinement, and he stayed sane by remembering the great pieces of music he heard in the Mechanics Institute when he was a boy. So, numbers are not everything. There are other patterns and systems of meaning, but numbers are impressive. Just think about that for a moment. You can whisper into a block of glass and one person just one person on the other side of the world can hear you whisper as clearly as if you were whispering in their ear. You are connected. How? There is no rope. There is no wire. There is no little men waving semaphore signals on the hills between you and outer Mongolia. You are connected by patterns in the fabric of space-time, a four-dimensional concept based on numbers. And numbers are important right now in the debate about tax breaks, inflation and the role of economic growth. 
Those of us worried about the big picture, looking at the impact of the global economy on the environment, on climate, on the global injustice of the global north ripping off the global south and impoverishing billions of people so we can catch an Uber to a friend's house and have a few drinks and get home safely. We know. You know what I mean? The people, us, the ones who care. We know that the global economy is pushing the agenda and ripping off carers, the shop workers, the drivers and other essential workers that keep us fed and clothed and moving around. What we really don't have is a handle on is why this is so hard for the mainstream media to understand. Get a grip, mainstream media. Now, sure, there are some vested interests. The wealthy do not want to give up their privilege. The 0.1% of the 1%, the one per luck, as the Indians say, they will use their wealth to back the Trumps and the Bolsonaros and the Malcolm Roberts and the George Christiansons who will go into bat for their mad schemes of world domination. But that is not the problem. Brazil is voting out Bolsonaro. We voted out Morrison. Boris is gone. Putin is in trouble. The pendulum swings. The problem is different. The problem is that the Australian government is too timid to reverse the tax breaks for the rich and no government in the world is brave enough to tackle the issue of property as a commodity responsible for shoring up middle class wealth while robbing the poor of decent housing. The problem is statistical. The problem is the difference between the median and the mean. And I'll explain what I mean. The average wage in Australia six months ago in May was $95,435. That's the Australian Bureau of Statistics published figure. All of the research shows that scientists, teachers, middle management on the average wage find life tolerable. And the big increases in the amount of money they get will not make them much happier. Once we get above 120,000 or 80,000 in these US uh, statistics, the money is not what rockets our boat or blows our hair back or gets us off. So the media, the government and the policy wonks argue that if the average person is happy, then things are okay. The problem is that most of us don't get the average wage. We cannot even imagine what it's like to earn 2,000 a week. It seems an impossible dream. If only we could earn 2000 a week, we would not struggle in everyday life the way that we do. The idea that such a wage could be the average wage just makes no sense. We earn the median wage or less. The median wage in Australia is 41860 a year. That means that half of the people in Australia earn less than half of the average wage. Look here, Northern Territory and ACT, government employees earning the average wage, the $90,000 a year. The bulk of Australians earning less than half of that. No wonder there is, uh, housing is not affordable, but no one cares. No wonder carers, shop workers, drivers are struggling to make ends meet and the middle class don't get it. This is not just a two-speed economy in which half of us are below the poverty line and the wealthy do not care. This is a two-speed economy that is hidden, unrecognised, absent from the statistics. And that brings me to my second thread. We do not know what other people think. We do not listen to other people because we think we know where they are coming from. I went through this a little while ago, helping some of my colleagues at the university. 
They kept complaining that they are paying one third of their wages in tax. I kept telling them to fill in their tax declaration and wait until the end of the year. The first 18,000 of your wages is tax free, I said. If you earn less than that, you will get all your tax at the end of the year, I said. It was not until I actually helped out one of them with their tax return that I realised that we, the Australian people, tax all non-citizens at 32.5 cents in a dollar for every dollar they earn. We take one third of every dollar they earn. Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld. He will remain famous for saying, we don't know what we don't know. Long after his role as the US Secretary of State responsible for 9-11 and the subsequent recolonization of the Middle East by his oil-rich war-mongering companies, has been forgotten. We don't know what we don't know and we don't hear what people we don't understand. We assume the world has a certain shape which fits the shape that fits our expectations and it's exceedingly difficult for us to see the things that do not accommodate the shape of the world we expect to see. I hear him coming so I'm going to be quick. Until we understand the gap between the median and the average wage, we cannot even see the two-speed economy, let alone understand the accommodation crisis or the need for better wages. We have to get our heads around the numbers and we have to hear the people we do not understand.